Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. If you'd like to write in, the email address is flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and you can watch the show on flowtrack.org slash flowtrackpodcast. Gordon, happy Friday. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing all right. Doing all right? Just all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I guess this part of the podcast is being recorded, uh, our pre-podcast that we don't record, uh, the un, unadulterated, un, unfiltered podcast <laughs> that only you and me and Elon, our producer, get to listen to. Uh, that we don't, we don't even talk about that podcast, but we're talking about this one. It's number 200 mm-hmm. and what? Eight? Oh. 208? What's- well, let me check. That's a good. That's a good question. I'm not... I'm not counting as as quickly as as you are with these things. Let's see. Yesterday's podcast with CJ Albertson was podcast number. Oh man, Lincoln, where's the title? Ugh, I don't know. I lost it. I'm bad at this. I need more practice. How did you not know? He tagged it to the clips page. It? That's why. No, he tagged it to the clips page. He tagged the last two to the clips page. What is going on here with with Lincoln's uh, tagging ability? Um, so I don't know. I can't find it now. <laughs> Where's the podcast, Lincoln? <laughs> this has all gone wrong. It's all gone wrong. Okay, the last one I did on December 8th. Oh, it's 207. Was... All right, it's 207. Yeah. All right, so this no, is no, number no. 208. It's... So park... yeah, this is number yeah. podcast number 208. Uh, 208, I ran an 800 one time in 208. Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. in high school. Uh, it was one of my first breakout races. I was stuck okay. at like 220. I was stuck at 220 all of freshman mm. year. And then all of a sudden, my aunt. 12 seconds. My aunt bought. You know, so one, I got new spikes. I was running 20, like 220 and 222 mm-hmm. all season long as a freshman in high school. My aunt bought me a new pair of socks. I was like, ooh, these are like. Okay. Like my first ever like thin racing socks. I normally had just had cotton 
like you know you don't have mm-hmm. the materials i had spikes and then my coach told me gordon you're gonna run the 800 differently this time i'm gonna be standing at the 300 meter mark and when you see me you're gonna just run as fast as you can like i don't care that the finish line <laughs> is 300 meters away you're just gonna run as literally as fast as you can you're gonna just go to all out sprint and i was like i don't know if i could do that coach and he's like no that's what you're gonna do so he was at the 300 meter mark and i'm like you know like in fifth place or whatever of like a dual meet and he's like gordon he's pointing at me you better go right now right when you cross this line you have to start sprinting and he was you know saying it in a coaching way and then i did and then i ran 212 i ran like 10 seconds faster and then the <laughs> next time i did it again I ran 208 and i was like oh wow this is how you run fast you actually have to try and I think that's a one weird thing that I think all runners, like we, we don't, there's like that one race when all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is what it means like to push yourself. And for me, it was running a, a 208. It was like pushing myself. So anyway, was it at memories? You said the 300 to go mark or the 300 meter mark? 300 to go. Okay. So 500 yeah, meters in. That, yeah. That's the classic spot, so right? The, Where people. Yeah, the start of the back take stretch, their foot yeah. off the gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great coaching. That's great coaching. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember the first one I did, my first breakthrough, it was in a two-mile. And it was kind of something similar. But what happened was the race was so big because there were so many people in the field. Because normally the two-mile where I was running, oh, 15 people, 10 people. A lot of times it was combined boys and girls. So there was quite a few people on the track. But when it came down to it, there weren't many people in the race or near you. And then we went to California to run a two-mile. And there was probably – 30 people in my heat and i just started racing people and i was like this is fun i'm passing all these people and i'm racing people and i'm in this competition i got this huge huge pr um and that was that was when i had that sort of realization too about how hard you can push yourself especially when there's people that you're racing and you're not so obsessed with the clock yeah it's interesting like because you don't really know what running is like until you have that moment of like trying i don't know it's weird we think like oh yeah this is how it's, you, you're running like this is how fast i can run like because you're just mentally mm-hmm. you don't know how to like try and then that moment you yeah. try you're like oh okay this is what separates you know mediocre from good and then the great people are able to do that for longer times and at a faster pace mm-hmm. so anyway it's running in a nutshell that's why i'm always impressed that's why i'm always impressed with like some of these top elite athletes where They've gotten so good that the effort, it's not about effort anymore. Like, it's not about, like, mm. pushing your body to the limits. Like, when Kipchoge ran his two, his 159, he he was, after doing that event, he was able to, like, run, like, 150 meters of, like, celebrating mm. and, like, victorying. And even these all these elite athletes are able to do, like, victory laps. Whenever I ran a PR, the last thing I could do was a victory lap. Right, I couldn't. Not that I needed a victory lap, but like when I would running to like my all-out ability, I wasn't able to just like immediately jog 400 meters because like I was yeah. going to the well. And it's these elite athletes where it's not about trying to use up all their energy; they already are able to do it. It's just like making. It's like weird. I feel like we try to run run to empty, where they're never going to get to empty. It's just about. They're able to stay at a higher mile per hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that make well, sense? Also, they don't see 
seem to miss either, right? The range of outcomes is really, really small when it comes down to it. Yeah, one time they might run 143 in the 800, another time they might run 144, but that could be because of the weather or because of something in training. Whereas when you're developing in the sport or when you're not as good, you never really know if you're going to be able to answer the call every single time. Because sometimes yeah. mentally, you might just not be there. Mentally, you just might have a horrible race and, and you, you check out and you run really poorly. With the top level, they seem to have the mental part down to where it's automatic. And the only thing that changes is a bit in terms of, okay, was their buildup perfect or slightly less than perfect? Or did they make the move at the right time or did they wait too long? But like mentally, they're so dialed in every single time. I guess it's almost like a golfer, right? Sure, there's instances where they shoot double bogey, but there's it's very, very rare that there is just a, a complete meltdown on the course, right? They're just locked in, locked in, locked in every single time. But when you're like, I don't know about you, when I was when I was running in high school, it was just like a crapshoot every day when I would go like run a race, it's like, this is either going to be really good or it could be all totally bad. Cause I might get four laps in and just be like, Oh, this sucks. You get like a side stitcher. You're like, Oh no, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like for elite athletes running is like when we got really good at one level of a video game, you know, when like you played the oh, same yeah, video yeah, game yeah. over and over again. And you're just like, you just know like a guitar hero thing or like a certain level where like, you know, you're able to just like go through it, like even blindfolded, but you can do it like easily, but then there's that moment where you want to try to do it perfectly at the alt, at the optimum pace. You know, mm -hmm. it's like yeah, runners are basically really, really good, experienced video gamers. That's, that's no, that's a good. That's a no, that's a great comparison. Uh, yeah, they're just so locked in. Okay, on today's show, we're gonna read some emails and and catch up on emails. But first, a couple stories I want to talk about. First, the 2021 world indoor championships in nanjing which was formerly known as the 2020 world indoor champs in nanjing has now been pushed to 2023 they're still going to hold the 2022 world indoor games in belgrade so you're going to go back to back years 2022 2023 but they're not going to be holding them this march i suppose we should not be surprised by this in the world athletics release they talked about how they have just a small window to host the meet because of other obligations so basically this was their only opportunity in march and they're going to hold off on it do you think this is indicative of what could happen indoors you know all throughout the world and in the united states we'll see some meets getting pulled uh i don't i don't know i don't think it's in no i still think like the sec indoor championship is still going to happen <laughs> Like, I just think that there are yeah. certain things that will still happen. We're still going to have March Madness. I mean, I think March Madness is going to be in a bubble situation. But I think people were realizing, like, do we need to go through all the effort for a World Indoor Championship in an Olympic year during this time? Like, people still go to World Indoors during Olympic years. Like, we, are, I remember thinking about, like, no one's ever done it. I mean, 2016 people did it, 2012 I mean, Galen Rupp and Bernard Lagat, I think, or at least Lagat or Mo Fer Someone, I remember they 2012, there were people doing indoors. Uh, yeah. I think that it's just like one of those things where they know, like, they know the athlete's mindset. The athlete's mindset is now, like, super precautious and super, like, just get to the Olympics and figure out what they get there. Like, giving them the extra challenge of, like, hey, also, come to this mm. meet in China where 
you know the virus originated from not that it's like in nanjing's arena but uh it's just like most i think athletes are gonna be like yeah i'm gonna pass on this one the same reason i'm passing on this that and the other thing mm-hmm. you know i'm just going to make sure i'm at my best for the trials and for the olympics and i'm not gonna be tempted by the indoor title because let's be honest it's no indoor olympics we have that running joke between <laughs> us uh for those who don't yeah i don't know if you ever talked about we say there's no indoor olympics a lot in real life whenever whenever mm-hmm. something doesn't what, what's when do we say it uh whenever like something doesn't go our way or like well there's no indoor olympics uh it's yeah. because petro georgia about the outdoor NCA title a few years ago compared to winning to losing indoors or because compared to winning indoors or I don't know what it was but he's like winning indoors isn't as great because there's no indoor Olympics and it's like it's mm-hmm. true like yeah. the indoor <laughs> champion is not an it's not a mantle that people put like yeah I bet you I bet you Centro forgot that he's an indoor champion. Like, I bet you Sancho doesn't even remember. He's like, oh, yeah, I guess I did win indoors at one time. You know, he remembers well, he's an Olympic champion. If you had him list, if you had Sancho would say, you need to list the top 10 accomplishments of your career, do you think world indoor champion would be on them? Or you just say, like, if I say, like, how many – what play? if you say, like, what place did you get at Worlds the past – four times mm-hmm. and to mm-hmm. see if he like mentions indoors because you probably will skip over indoors and just be like oh i go i was like fourth here <laughs> and then i got third here you know first yeah yeah like i feel like your your brain naturally will just think of every outdoor championship and won't think about oh yeah there was indoors like i guarantee you i guarantee you he knows how many times he's he's won usas and has, doesn't yeah. count indoors for his usa yeah. titles it's like you know molly well, huddle it's like how many times have you won USA's? It's like, well, I've won it like 54 times because I win the 12.2K, the 13 minus 8 mile, the 5.8K. The road championships. You know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Road championships. Well, yeah. I think, yeah. I We always have to put qualifiers on everything because the moment you put, he won his sixth straight US title and then people say, well, what about indoors? So then you have to say yeah. his out, outdoor title or you're talking about, well, this person never medaled. Well, no, actually at the 2010 World Indoors, they medal. Okay, they have no global outdoor medals. That's what we're talking about, the major medals here. And that's Olympics, that's World yeah. Championships when it comes to, to track. I guess one effect of this would be that fewer people would run US indoors if that's something that people are interested in, but I don't know if they are. Uh, it removes the incentive for world championships. But as you said, flying all the way across the world in an Olympic year, which, okay, if it's at the, what, end of March, middle of March, that's about yeah, three mid-March. months from the, yeah, that's about three months from the uh, Olympic trials if you're in the United States. And I still think, and I don't know this, I'm not reporting this, I haven't talked to anybody about about it. You would probably know more than I do, but James Harden's getting traded to Sixers? Is that what you know? Yes. Yes. For both <laughs> Simmons and Embiid. It's crazy. Oh. Daryl Morey did a complete 180. It was just nuts. Okay. I think there's going to be more of these track meet meets, more of these sound running meet type of meets that crop up. 
because I think that one was seen as a success and get more people getting standards. And then as the weather gets a little bit warmer, you're going to have more people, which it's going to get warmer in LA in like in about three weeks, you probably start incorporating some sprinters who want to get in some early season work. And we're just going to, we're going to end up skipping indoors entirely, which again, I don't think is a bad thing given the circumstances. I don't know that, but I'm just, I'm Do you just think guessing. USA's, I could see USATF being like, we don't want to spend the money on indoors. I think that yeah. I think they will use. I think they will say it's for precaution when really it's for. We don't want to deal with the headache and the money that it would cost to like do it the quote right way, and they'll mm-hmm. just be like, "Hey, we can just blame it. You know, we don't have to deal with that. We can put all of our focus on making sure the trials start finish." Yeah, you know. So that's where I think these aren't happen. drivers. These aren't drivers of revenue. World Indoors in Portland, yeah. which was a great meet. I went to it. Lost money. Lost money. So if Vinland Anna and crew can't figure out a way to make this thing work, to make it profitable, I don't have much uh, confidence in the rest of the meet organizers out there um, throughout the world. No disrespect to them. But you're right. Like we could see, I don't know, some meets at Mount Sac. We could see some more uh, meets at, at – um, Throughout Southern California, maybe, maybe the return of your favorite venue, AP Ranch, but they're running for real this time. Not just Michael Norman. It's not just Michael Norman runs sub 10 and everyone else screws around. Florida, Claremont, get Claremont going. That's easy. Do you think that sprinters excel in small meets? I feel like. Because I feel like distance runners are used to going to like distance only events, like a mile, a mile mm-hmm. only meet, or like this track meet where it was just a ten k, five k. But you don't really see that in sprinting events. You don't really see like, hey, we're all just here for these two races, the hundred and the two hundred, and then we're done, mm-hmm. right? Most of the, I mean, sometimes Florida does like that. They do like their own little sprint only meet, but the performances mm-hmm. aren't normally that good. Like most top sprint performances come from the expectation rounds and like there's just and there's fans and there's just like more of like structure around it, like championship style. Uh, whereas distance runners can sometimes recreate that because they have the whole like time trial aspect and like mm-hmm. the whole like, you know, where they run 13 flat in a forest, right? I don't think you're going to see a 9-7 in a forest, right? You're only going to see a nine, seven when there's people in the stands, there's pressure, there's really good competition. You know, no one's just going to run nine, seven by themselves in the forest. So do you think that basically a long way to get this? Do you think sprint times might actually not be as good in 2021 because they're not going to have that full stadium environment that those big meets, those, you know, championship style environments so what you're saying is sprint times are more influenced by external factors whereas distance running times are more influenced by internal factors or factors that go along with the race itself such as getting a proper pacer in the race or having the optimal weather in the race i think there's something to that obviously norman's sub 10 flies in the face of that a bit 
I also think when we see the when we see those miles, usually those are postseason, so everybody's in shape. Whereas when we see the one-off sprint meets, aren't they normally in March and April, yeah, like preseason? Early. Yeah. So we've never seen a a September meet where we get all the sprinters together after the world championships of the Olympics and someone throws a bunch of money out and says, Hey, fastest, fastest person wins, you know, whatever, $5,000, $10,000. Well, that's also so that a thing too. I mean, most of these, like, like there was no money prize money for this track meet, right? People were just doing it because mm -hmm. they wanted to run fast. Right. Yeah. And like no sprinter needs a time standard right now. Like they know like, right. The winning time, at, you know, is going to be fast enough for, you know, the people. Mm -hmm. That's what we thought no in 2019. That. Yeah. I know. Ronnie Baker. Yeah, Ronnie Baker almost didn't make it. Hennie B, Hennie B getting on that 200 time, getting on that 200 team. Yeah, well, 200 is a little different. Uh, but because no one, everyone, all the good athletes skip the 200. Uh, mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. I'm just going to be interested to see what sprinters do. Because distance, mm -hmm. like you said, I think you're right. There are going to be these pop-up meets that come. The, the Jesse Williams will put on another track meet, track meet part two, the second awakening. You know, And I think <laughs> distance runners are used to that. They like doing that. They love doing self-sustained time trials. I mean, hell, yeah. Bowerman just that's did their own meet. You know? Yeah, that's what they need to do. So, But sprint sprinters aren't used to that. Sprinters are used to like – being in front of a crowd. Right. You know? Well, but I'm looking at the 2021 Diamond League schedule, and the first meet is May 23rd in Rabat. So that's about a month before the Olympic trials. You're not going to open up there. That'd be way too late, and you're not going to fly all the way across the world. I don't have the Continental Tour schedule in front of me. A lot of these races that they do hop in early season, like the Florida relays, like the Texas relays, are on college campuses. You don't know what the restrictions are going to be. So I could see – say you take the track meet as you had last last week, and you have, the, you have it over two days. You have the 5,000 and the 10,000, and it's in Southern California where a lot of sprinters are located. They're going to want to get in times. So you could probably add in a morning session there, and you run the 100 and 400 one day, and then you run – the 200 and the hurdles or something the second day just to get them some, they're going to want race reps. Right. And I don't think the people in California are going to want to go all the way to, to Florida. So I could see, I could see it happening and it, and it actually becoming pretty interesting. Now, a couple of days ago on the pod, we found out well, you, when you guys were talking about the, the spreading out the NCAA meet potentially over three days um, and the conference meet over two weekends we found out that Lincoln wants to make sure that the exact same amount of people stay in the venue for both times <laughs> because the goal of the schedule changes to make sure people quadruple. I really like that. That's good. <laughs> I don't just think kidding. he understood it. When I, when I was telling him that, I was like, you yeah. do realize you're just like making the problem twice as bad, <laughs> not half as bad. Like you're just He's like, like, but they can quadruple. The you're, not, you're multiplying it by two instead of dividing by two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we but, can we bring Oliver Horta back? He can run more events. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna be interesting. No, no indoors. I mean, but again, let's be honest. Mo Farah, well, maybe, maybe he did. He did indoors a couple times, but like, I think, yeah, the my the proof that indoors 
didn't doesn't matter and never will matter. Who is the most famous track athlete of our modern era? Fastest Legat? Oh, oh you saying Bolt. Sorry. Yes. Usain Bolt. How many times did he do world indoors? Right, zero. Zero. Well, and look at our the look most at our current famous moment. the most famous track athlete in yeah. the past in of this generation. Didn't do indoor track, so why are we doing indoor track? If the most fame, that'll be like if LeBron James didn't play, or it'll be like if Michael Jordan was like, I don't play NBA, I don't play in the NBA finals. Like they'll be like, then the finals don't mean anything. I only, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You know. Okay, and well, let's look even in the short term. What would you say right now is the most interesting? compelling event given the personnel men's and women's same event but men and women oh 400 hurdles right which does not exist at the indoor championships so even if everybody showed up right you're missing you're missing that event i mean it'd also be and you'd want to see joshua chapter guy who i guess could jump in three thousand. what who is the current best uh track athlete and what event do that does that track athlete run primarily talk about men or women men sprinter oh you're talking about lyle's in the 200 yeah there's no indoor 200 (laughs) right right so it's like another thing it's like what are we doing here yeah well and yeah there's an indoor 400 but Poland has the world record in the indoor four by four. It shows that it's not a real, it's not a real sport. Poland should not be the four by four world record holders. It just listen. Other than the fact that they don't really have any great four hundred meter runners on the men's side, what basis do you have to make that comparison? <laughs> yeah, no, you're yeah. I mean, the, and the, the hundred's not in it. Obviously, it's a sixty, which is a different event. But four hundred isn't the same event because of lanes. 800, okay, I can get interested in an 800 indoors. kind of fun because there's contact and every third person gets DQ'd. 1,500, all right, that's fine. And then 3K isn't an event that's David Rudi- outdoors. Did David Radisha ever do indoors? Oh, that's a good question. Probably not. I want to say no. I want to say no, but we can find out. Uh, let me just go to his Wikipedia page here. I should know this. Um, my inclination is to say no. Actually, my inclination is to say he did some like one random indoor indoors? race. Why do we have indoors? This has become a anti-indoor podcast. I'm all for it, but why do we have indoors? Well, he doesn't have any indoor medals. That's for sure. I just looked it up. We have indoors so people can race in the cold weather. So that's why obviously Bolt's not going to do it because Jamaica just runs outdoors during that time. Are there indoor facilities in Kenya? I don't think so. I've never seen one. <laughs> Are there indoor facilities in Ethiopia? No. I mean, even for half the United States, half the track running population in the United States, it doesn't really make sense because half of the track running population of the United States is in places where you could compete outdoors, right? California, Texas, Florida, Oregon. Oregon is a little rough, but you can get down to California. Hear me right? out. Hear me out. It's because of Northeastern people like you. That's why we do it. That's the whole reason. 
you and Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. In what world are we saying that, like, so track and field now says, like, I'm sorry, but, like, we just can't play in cold weather? Imagine if football was, like, once December starts, all football games must be in domes. They'll be stupid, mm -hmm. right? Green mm -hmm. uh, Aaron Rodgers would be like, what? It doesn't make any sense. Like, Well, they have a dome, be in dome What? Green Bay well, doesn't Minnesota, have a dome. Minnesota has a dome. No, no, Minnesota has a dome. Detroit has a dome. The Super Bowl. But Green well, they Bay did the cold it. weather Super Bowl once. Yeah. No, the, the logical thing to do, and this pains me as a track fan because I like watching more track, but the logical thing to do would just be take a couple months off, <laughs> give them the time off, and then let's have a really good outdoor season on the on the pro level. That's what would make sense. I mean, or do, do an outdoor season in Australia like some people have done. That's what Rishi did. During his career, now I'm remembering, he would go down to Australia during March, and he ran in a lot of 800s, just like Nick Simmons did. I think Centro was going to do that. I don't know if he ever ended up doing it one year. Um, go to Southern Hemisphere. That's what tennis does, right? They just they follow the sun, they follow yeah. the warm weather. Or what they should do is they should delete World Indoors, delete World Relays, and just replace it with a championship major season where you have four outdoor championship meets. Or mm -hmm. you can win the you can win all four. There's not just one outdoor championship. There's four outdoor championships. Then people will be like, hey, can you win all four? And they're all in a different location. You have like the Masters, you have the French Open, you have Wimbledon, you have it like that. Yeah. I've talked about this many times, but that yeah, that's what they should do. No indoor. If I was ever Sepco, if I was ever president or in charge of world athletics, I'd be like, hey guys. We're getting rid of indoors. It's a waste of money. Indoors is a is a sport for invitationals and for college kids. We're pros now. We play big boys. We run on a big boy track, which is 400 meters, not 200. So let's get with it. Uh, do you want to uh, you want to talk about the marathon project briefly? It's going to be next Sunday, so we'll have time to. I mean, we can it. talk. I just thought it was interesting. They added Jared Ward. Yeah, Jared Ward's so added. Cool. Yeah. I'm kind of like yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. What 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 are we getting out of whoever wins that race? Like what what what's the impress like whoever wins the, the, these two races, the men's and women's race, like what's our reaction going to be to it? It's not going to be a fast time. Right, it's not going to be like an American record attempt, right? It's like the men's race will probably be won in two oh nine, two oh. Mate, well, right? the course is fast, and you're getting a lot of people together who have similar PRs, and you're adding a rabbit in there. So I think you could see something quick. Yes, I agree. It's not okay, going to be an American it, record, world but there's a yeah, there's a big gulf between American record. And your garden variety 210. I think if someone runs a 208 or a 207, it's noteworthy because that's just a rare for the men. That's just a rare performance for the men. For the women, I think you're getting an interesting look at that next. Like that, obviously, the none of the Olympians are in this race, but I'm in, you know, Sarah Hall, Kellen Taylor, Steph Bruce, Kira D'Amato is interesting to me. Yeah. But like, here's the thing when we look back on all these athletes' like careers, are any of us going to mention their marathon project performance? 
Like when we recap Deslin, if they get a recap when we recap Deslinden and Shalane Flanagan and Sarah Sarah Hall and all these people, when we recap their career, we're gonna look at how they do at all the majors, how they do at the trials, and their PRs. Mm -hmm. We're not gonna be like, yeah, well, you know, remember in ten years ago, twenty twenty. Yeah, well, that that's what I'm saying. It's only going to be memorable if they run fast. And I think that's what they're going to do. I, I think that's what's going to happen here. They've set up the course to be fast. I mean, on the men's side, you have now Ward and Fobble, right? You have Levens, who's sub 210. I, and I just think we're finally going to see somebody. We have C.J. Albertson, who was on the pod yesterday, who's run 209 on a treadmill. He doesn't consider that a real 209 so he's he's motivated to do it in real life on a you know what would have been a good take would be him Mm. saying i do think it's a real 209 i know i wanted him to i was going to interrupt him be like no wrong fact check incorrect uh so i'm and and for, for the women again you have so many so many of the top 10 women in the united states in that field that i think you're going to see again somebody somebody break through and run it, run a quick time. Yeah. The women don't have that same barrier that the men do, where it's everybody is running into 210 all the time. And then a couple guys yeah. break through here and there. Like the women are, are, are ahead of that mark relative to the rest of the world. But I I think it's gonna be fast. Anyway, should we go to emails? Let's do it. All right. Let's do a rapid fire here. Um, here's one from, Charles says, hi, Kevin, Lincoln, and Gordon. Do you consider that Cooper Tier and Luis Grijalva have a chance to take medals at future U.S. championships or trials since they beat all the Tinmen on Saturday at the track meet? Or do you consider that the Tinmen just performed under their expectations? What do you think? Well, the Tinmen weren't really taking medals. So the people that need to take the medals from are like the Bowermans and the meet mm-hmm. the athletes formerly known as NOPs. Right. Uh, I mean, I guess Drew Hunter. I mean, has Drew Hunter medaled yet at USA's? I don't think he has. Medaled at USA's? Top three yet. Yeah. Well, indoors. Yeah. We talk about indoors. Remember B Heat? He oh won it from the B Heat. I love the B Heat. Take it off. Though. I'm. Yeah, B Heat win. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do think they are going to be good. I Maybe not. I think that Cooper Tier and Lewis Grohler, when they're pros, I think they will be legitimate you know, Olympic team contenders for the 2024 tri- trials, 100%. Mm-hmm. Do you have any more clarity on what Grijalva's plans are internationally for competition? Have you talked to any of your sources down there in Flagstaff? Figure out what he wants to do? No, I haven't asked. I just, okay. I mean, I think he has both options. Maybe, I think Guatemala mm-hmm. would be like, maybe he'll just run for USA's at USA's. And then if he makes it, mm-hmm. then he's an American. If he doesn't, then he's Guatemalan. It's typically a lot of these athletes who have these dual citizenship. That's what they do. They okay. do the first. They do the first attempt as an American. See where they stand. If it looks positive, they probably stay maybe a year or more. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. it's like I, right, I'm switching. You know, and that's mm-hmm. basically how it works. They all run USA's for one or two years, reassess, and then switch nationality. I mean, that's what Sam Parsons did. That's what Peter Callahan did. That's what. Uh, what's her name? The Greece athlete, uh, Alexi Pappas did. That's, you know, that's what Aisha Pratt did. Like they all just kind of 
they they get their feet wet in the USA world, see where they stand, and then mm-hmm. they're like, all right, I want to go to the Olympics. I'm not American anymore. That's, that's how yeah. it works. Yeah. All right, moving on. Here we go. Uh, Peter, Pete, excuse me, Pete. Do you guys think uh, Coleman should still get a bye to the 2022 World Championships after being banned? That seems ludicrous to me. Reigning champion or not, that should be part of the punishment. I got to yeah, admit, I, I didn't think about, about this. That. I did not think about I was about thinking this. about it when, we, when I was on the pod with Lincoln, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Coleman has a bye to 2022. And I was like, wait, should they give a bye to the guy who's been banned? Like maybe ban should eliminate buys. Well, what would be crazy is if the ban overlapped the trials but didn't overlap the world championships. So the only way he got in was via the buy. That'd be pretty wild. Oh, that would have been awesome. Happening. Yeah. Oh, that would have been oh that's that's what we need. That would be perfect. That'd like, be- oh, I don't need to go. I don't need to run the trials because I got the buy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't uh, know. I think I think your buy should be eliminated if you have to serve a a uh, punishment between achieving you before to use the buy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, uh, the scenarios where this happens are so rare that mm-hmm. like, I don't think it's going to be like a big push for, I mean, it probably will. What will happen most likely is you have to imagine a scenario. Imagine Christian Coleman's coming back and he's just not in his best shape. Right. And he kind of mm-hmm. takes his time and he decides to like jog at the trials because he has a buy. It's going to mm-hmm. look bad because the guy who fresh off of his suspension, then is kind of just like lollygagging through USAs. It's going to be mm-hmm. double criticism because people who do that already kind of get criticized. Uh, some more than others. Some like take the buy really seriously, like Christian Coleman, where he like goes and runs and does one jump and then he's out. You know, Justin Gatlin scratches the final. You know, it happened to Christian Taylor. Christian Taylor, yeah. Who did I say? Christian Coleman. Oh, yeah. Christian Taylor. Sorry. Jump once in the triple jump. Uh, Yeah. He's, it is going to be a bad look if he does Mm -hmm. not try to win USA's in 2022. It will. I think it will. Uh, Lynn writes in, just says that she liked the CJ Albertson pod. I hope people did as well. If they haven't, check it out. It was, uh, Posted yesterday, so episode 207, I guess. Um, 207, there you go. Uh, Kurt writes in, at the risk of being Gordon's hype man here again. See, I don't like this already. I'm on board with keeping the Olympics a team-only thing. I realize that may eliminate a few folks, possibly, but not Cheptegei. The Ugandans won the world champs by a lot, even by NCAA scoring. The Ugandan team had five in before either Ethiopia or Kenya even had three five in the top 12 on the men's side. The women had a solid four as well. Always comes down to that fifth there. So they also did well on the U20 races. I also believe that in a way, the additional individual uh, competitors takes away from the team aspect. However, uh, I am to some extent okay with it because it allows the ability of some folks to get in that wouldn't. And without it, you're in a situation of the rich get richer. I can see a kid looking at a school and seeing an individual competitor in say an NCAA race, liking the program and coach and saying there's a low stick. If we can get a few more, we can make it as a team and build from there. Uh, lastly, on the indoor meet being split over two weeks, I feel you missed the opportunity there to say it's perfect. Have the distance kids and say the throws and the faults because I don't think there's any overlap with the sprints and jumps, which would happen over the next weekend, compete in the early weekend. This uh, even allows doubles like the 3K, 5K to happen and frees the best teams to compete in cross. 
which we all know is the best anyway. I would love that option. He also adds in, there are only a few athletes that will be involved in both due to qualifying. Would not uh, be a mad rush to get to Stillwater, although the idea of kids hitching was funny. And three, uh, and you get the best athletes competing at as close to peak as possible. That is Kurt this agreeing is, with this Gordon. A couple things you mentioned there. Yeah, he basically is saying like he's on board that I mean, I think sometimes the individuals who aren't a part of teams or in big races like a cross-country meet kind of ruin the viewing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, we are able to handle it because we know how it works. But from like uh, a dumb person's perspective, they're like, why does the person who won not part of a team? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You Like track is one of, the, one of the main, very few sports that tries to do two different, try to crown two different champions simultaneously that are on different you know, with an individual race and a team race. I mean, sometimes you have that when if like you have an individual, like there's no team race in golf. It's all individual, right? Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. one of the, you know, they, they chose, they chose, we're going to be an individual sport. We're not a team sport. And then other sports are like, we're a team sport. You know, I don't know. Here's the thing though. And you know this because you've worked on cross country broadcasts. It's really hard to convey the team race in a cross-country yes. competition. It's right. much easier to chronicle the individual race. And I, I guess if you got rid of the individuals, then the individual race is the de facto team race up front. But if you have one or two people break away, then that's what you're looking at. And it's really hard to go and find the fourth and fifth runners and yeah. create a compelling storyline about it. So get on that, Gordon, is what I'm saying. Um, okay. Yeah. Ezra wrote in, Ezra wrote in, uh, says, I don't have a question. I just wanted to tell Gordon the Eagles are bad and the Sixers will be too. So, you know, the emailers giveth and the emailers taketh away, Gordon. I'm sorry. I think I responded to that one. I think you I did. And I realized my name is on the account. My name's on the account. <laughs> like it's, it's flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com, but it says my name. So it looks like I wrote that. Uh, Ezra, I want you to know that was not me. You replied with a, a Ben Simmons gift where he's, is he shaking his head, I guess? He's just like, we'll see. That's what he's saying. He's saying he has a we'll see face. Mm -hmm. I still believe in my Sixers, yeah. man. Season starts. Preseason starts in four days. Let's mm -hmm. get it. I'm excited for you to. I'm excited for winter. I'm excited for winter break because I'll be gone for like a few weeks, and there's gonna be like mm -hmm. ten basketball games in that ten Sixers games during that time. I'm like, this is great. I need I need sports what do you mean back. You're gonna be gone. You're gonna be. We're gonna be recording podcasts, so you're not. Gonna well, I'm gonna be. I'm going to. I'm going home. I leave on the 21st. Come back the fourth. Yeah, I know, but your internet still works there, right? Yeah, man. No, I'm gonna be like home though. That's why I'm at break. Is yeah, home. Yeah. I'm really good gotcha. at okay. defying governor's orders of like they tell me not to fly, don't visit family. I'm like, no, nah, I'm doing it. So, I'm like the worst citizen. Yeah. Do you know how bad okay, I am? I only, wear I, I only wear masks when I go into stores. That's how bad of a person I am. You I should have one on right now. Else. I think you should no, wear it right, right now. Okay. Uh, one more here. We got time for one more. Here's one from Jeff in Texas. He said, I listened to your episode about the 209 treadmill marathon. You brought up the topic of winning an EGOT as a runner. Do you know what an EGOT is, Gordon? Link and I talked about yes. this. Yes. Yes. Okay. Course. So I made the joke to CJ Alberson. Emmys, it's someone who's won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. Right. 
and I made the joke that CJ Albertson had the running equivalent because he had the 50k world record, the treadmill world record, and the uh, indoor marathon world record. Only three. Anyway, he wants to know though uh, what it would be for track. He says in tennis, if you win all grand four grand slams, it's considered a career grand slam. Also, the Golden Slam, if you add an Olympic title to your career. In horse racing, the Triple Crown for win Kentucky Derby, Preakness, Belmont. Grand Slam also applies to golfers who win all four major championships in a calendar year or a career Grand Slam for winning all four in a career. What would be the requirement for runners? If we're talking about marathoners, what four races would be considered as the EGOT? Obviously, the most prestigious would be Olympics. But of all the Abbott World Marathon majors, which ones are part of the club? If discussing track athletes, what is their EGOT? Yeah, well, first of all, he makes a good point. We need an EGOT, and so therefore we need to bring majors to outdoor track championships. Get rid of indoors, get rid of world relays. Get, you know, he's proving my mm-hmm. point. But I would say for, obviously for marathoners, it's winning every major, right? That would be the EGOT, winning every major and then winning the Olympics. For, I think for track, doesn't I work think for track. It, would be, it doesn't, but like I think for track would be winning in multiple winning in three different events winning a gold in three different events not counting relays so like because you have a lot of people who can win the gold in 100 and a 200 but how many have won a one two and four you never see that right that would be like impressive okay. and then distance you have five and tens you have five and 15s but do you have a 15 five and 10 you know you have eight and 15 but do you have a a four eight 50 i don't know that would probably never happen but like you basically winning three different events. That would be okay. an EGOT, in my opinion, because that doesn't happen often in a career. I think. Can you think of anyone? Ask uh, Three event, one, two, uh, no. No, no, yeah. no. I guess technically sprinters can win a long jump, but outside of that. I mean, back in the, yes, and back in the day, I'm sure there was somebody. But if you're talking about three consecutive running events, no. Uh, well, wait, no. Emil Zadepec, speaking of back in the day, I think he went 5K, 10K marathon at the Olympics. So I could think of him. I think for the marathon, I mean, obviously this works best for the marathon. I think it's too high of a bar to see every world marathon major because there's a lot of them now. And if we're just narrowing it down to four, I think if you did Olympics, New York, Boston, and London, I think that covers everything that you need to cover. Why? Because... Why Why did you not choose Tokyo or Berlin? Tokyo, it's not that good of a marathon right now. There's like three non-marathon majors that are better than Tokyo. Berlin, fast course, flat course. It's covered by London. It's a bit redundant with London. So, okay. and the field's never that good. They, I mean, they, they're not that deep. I shouldn't say they're not that good because Bekele runs there, Kipchoge runs there, but... I don't think it's a career accomplishment. Like New York. Yeah. Well, if we're narrowing it down to four, you got to get it down to four. Someone gets left out. So you have the Olympics, uh, and then you have New York in the fall, and then I'm picking the two ones in the spring, Boston and London. I think it would be awesome if Kipchoge tried to do New York and Boston. I think that would be pretty cool. He's obviously got Chicago, Berlin, and London. I mean, it'd be cool if he won all of them, let's be honest. But – Asking someone to win all of them, I think we'd end up with no EGOT winners, and I want to give it to somebody at least at some point. Well, I think, though, we have people who probably could have won all of them, but they never tried. True. 
So I want to entice them. And I feel like if I it's say, a, you need to win these seven marathons, it's it's too big the of a reason task. Why, yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. But the reason why is because no, once saying, you win one, they tell you to keep coming back. And then you're not able to go try one a different one. The better, if you really wanted someone to do this, you probably wouldn't say Boston because you wouldn't want to schedule someone counter to London because the contract is too lucrative, it seems, to pass up. So maybe you do you do two in the fall. You do London and then you do Chicago, New York, and then the Olympics. I would obviously take the world championships out of it because it doesn't have the same prestige as the, as the Olympics. But those would be my four. The only way the way you could make it happen, yes, we do have the world Marath Abbott majors, like as the whatever, but the reason why people aren't trying to win all of them is because each one is kind of separate from each other. They're not all the they don't all have the same event director. If they all had the mm -hmm. same event director, then the event direct director would encourage them to go to every one. But event yeah, director is yeah. only one that comes to theirs. So Galen Rupp has run Chicago multiple times. He could have run New York, but he's never done it. He's just run Chicago mm -hmm. and and Boston, Chicago, Boston. And he's never ever going to, you know, go away from that path. The same thing how Jacoby, Kipchoge. Oh my God. Kipchoge. Kipchoge. Yeah, that, that's how we would get it. You would need mm -hmm. the major marathons all have the same event director. And then they're all like, all right, we want this to happen, and then it would happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm for it. I'm for it. Have have a little more coordination. Or do – I remember a couple years ago this was a suggestion where, especially when you had two in one season, like one year is a men's year, and then the next year is the women's year. So that way you get the best people at every at every field every other year. So that way Boston and London aren't splitting people. It's like, oh, no, all the best yeah. men go to Boston this year. All the best women go to London, and then no, the next year we flip. Yeah. Be a little tricky has anyone with, ever uh, won three. Has anyone ever won a, a Diamond League race in every Diamond League city? I was thinking about that. But I also was thinking, well, some of the Diamond – you know, not all Diamond League fields are created equal. So it's not – it's not a, a yeah, pinnacle. but like it's a lot, like thirteen different cities, you know, ten different cities. I'm gonna look into that. I mean, that'll be an interesting. Well, okay, spot. so who's won in every single city? So Bolt never ran in at pre, so you can cross him out. out. Yeah, yeah. I would guess it might be someone like Shelly Ann Fraser Price, or it might be someone like Lashawn Merritt. Those are people I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of people in, in commonly run events. Um. Yeah, I mean, Warhol, like Warholm's never gone to pre. That's a good place to start. Just eliminate people who have not gone to pre because that's a long, a long flight for people in Europe. So you, you eliminate a ton of people. Um, yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun stat. So someone can look that up. Got. Find an athlete's one of of the cities that are currently used because I know there's mm -hmm. some cities that don't exist anymore. Uh, New York. Yeah. So figure that out. That'll be cool. Anyway, yeah. all right, we'll leave it there. Flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Gordon gave you your homework. Make sure you get that to us uh, by Monday. Thanks to Alon for producing. Have a great weekend, everyone. We will see you next week.